right, Kim, what's going on, man? It's been a long time. I know. It's crazy. Um, I was really excited to have you here. Yes, I'm sorry. There's this <laughs> big black microphone all over your face. It's just the way it's going to go. It's okay. You can, it's okay. Make, you can back can it up a little it. bit. Just it's a tiny good. bit if you want to. You can. It's not a big deal. So I wanted to get you in here for a lot of reasons. I thought it was going to be really fun. One, to catch up. Um, I think you're a f- funny person. We have a very very similar sense of humor and you've been through a lot lately i want to talk to you about that and i know you're telling me right now you're like i don't even know what the hell we're going to talk about the truth is that i have no idea what we're going to talk about either okay. but i'm sure that there's plenty well that makes it um, easier what have you been up to first of all i guess let's start with um the fact that you are at this really cool sweet gym downtown actually i don't I don't know if Zeke actually still works there or not, but I know that he, he does. Did, did start there. Yeah. Um, and that was really exciting for me because I love Zeke. I think Zeke's a great guy. And I remember when he left Gold's Gym, uh, I was surprised because I think he had been at Gold's Gym for like a long time. A I long yeah. time. And seeing him post his videos and seeing you post your videos, I remember that life. And I, I just, I think it's really awesome that you guys are doing that. And it's been really cool to see you. Um, take hold of that and you know see all the people that are going to your classes and I, I just think it's really cool how has that been thanks yeah it's been it's I mean obviously a huge adjustment schedule wise but also like just kind of a lot more self-discipline with mm-hmm. you know the way I spend my time I have to yeah. block it off differently um but it's it's a lot of fun it's a different kind of work I mean, obviously different industry, but you kind of have to access a different part of your brain, as I'm sure you know. I don't know Mm -hmm. if you taught group classes or if you just, you did. Yeah. So, okay, so you know. So it's, you know, I'm at E&E Fitness. It's Mm -hmm. a woman-owned local place, Mm -hmm. and it's, she put a ton of thought into it. Yeah. Yeah. And she was, she's actually graduated from MIT. Mm -hmm. She's an engineer by trade and just had a... Um, Becky Brown. Becky Brown. So she's had a couple of businesses, and she just really wanted to open a gym and start something right totally in new. Right <laughs> middle of Austin, <laughs> Texas, too. No big yeah. deal. We're on the east side, and it's um, right off East 6th Street, close to, like, Robert Martinez, mm-hmm. that little side street. Yeah. Um, and we're underneath some pretty new apartments, mm-hmm. but it's, like, the first thing that's been in that space. We've got a nice little corner spot. We have – I teach kickboxing. Mm-hmm. I also teach – boxing um and then i teach indoor boot camp so we're a satellite location for heat boot camp Mm -hmm. which is on south first and they've been around for like 13 years so it's been really really fun just i've had a lot of familiar faces coming in i've met a lot of new people that have been turned into friends Mm -hmm. um yeah man it's it's awesome i mean I, i love seeing all of the different things that you guys are doing there and and uh, it's just kind of nostalgic for me I remember you know teaching the classes and meeting all kinds of different personalities and seeing them grow and seeing them change and like getting confidence about themselves yeah and that's probably one of my most fun memories of coaching was seeing people being able to accomplish things that they thought probably that they would never be able to do yeah that's my favorite part yeah. about it like if I were to give someone a list of like show them here's what I have planned for our class today because yeah. most of the classes I teach are an hour I, I do have a Tabata class on Sundays and that's 45 minutes but everything else other than boxing is an hour so I always like to tell people like if I would have given you this list of all the exercises and different things I was going to throw at you during this hour mm-hmm. I guarantee you would have been like uh yeah. no yeah. but you totally killed it and mm-hmm. went through the whole entire thing and you mastered some of these movements and some of them you still need to work on but that's normal and it's totally okay 
Um, I threw, I just finished teaching two classes this morning. I had mm-hmm. one kickboxing at 6.15 this morning, and then I had a total body conditioning boot camp yeah. at 9.15. And so threw a bunch, I like to, th- I've been a volleyball coach for like 16 years, mm-hmm. so actually longer than that. I mean, it makes me sound old. I'm not that old. <laughs> but, Senior um, citizen. Yeah, grandma. But it's fun to like throw random agility stuff. I and told those young whippersnappers that <laughs> <laughs> to move their feet. Exactly. <laughs> so that's been really fun too. I like to, you know, add some random stuff. Are movements you still doing that, volleyball too? Or? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so we had tryouts mm-hmm. in July. Club volleyball is crazy. They've it's gotten so competitive that the tryouts move up earlier every single year. So now we're ahead of school tryouts. Mm-hmm. So we had tryouts in July. I have sixteen national sixteen year olds and we've got mm-hmm. the national team this That's year. That's what I was so. about to ask you is what age level these kids are. So this is like would this be the like the equivalent of like select soccer? Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So So these are like the the solid like really really good kids yeah. that are dedicating their life to be being yep. better and badasses at volleyball and soccer and stuff. Exactly. Like that. And their parents are committing that time and mm-hmm. it's an investment. Um I usually end up coaching for the smaller mm-hmm. clubs that are more like the underdog cuz I like to prove people wrong. Yeah. I know you're shocked. Nice. Uh, <laughs> I'm so- totally surprised so surprised <laughs> did so, you grow up like that though did you did you were you in select vo- like that kind yeah. of volleyball volleyball and yeah. soccer oh wow yeah and so um it's been you know so for me it was just like normal i knew mm-hmm. kind of what to expect but i also liked playing against those bigger clubs that mm-hmm. were more expensive that had all every all single thing matching and, and yeah. all the resources and like i had to go you know try to get scholarships to mm-hmm. be able to afford it because we we were not mm-hmm. well off. Right. Um, so I do appreciate that pretty much all the clubs in the area, even the big ones, mm-hmm. offer that now. Yeah. Like, you can do fundraisers. You can do, mm-hmm. you know. And they're there to help and support the kids. Yeah. Like, find a way to get and be a part of. Yeah, I think that's super important, yeah. man. I, I never had anything like that. Our community was, you know, very rural, and we didn't have opportunities like that necessarily. Yeah. But it was... Um, you know, it was often that we would get to a place where we're competing against teams that we knew that were, in terms of resources, like way, 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 way better off. Oh, yeah. And so that was always, it always motivated me because I always wanted to prove myself and our team's self as well as far as like we can do all of this too. Exactly. Even if we don't have X, Y, Z. It's not the kids' faults, obviously. It's just something internal that I think that you have, like a, that competitive spirit to want to like prove yourself despite not having all of those things exactly um and we would lose and we would win some and it's just kind of the way that it goes sportsman god there's one thing i I feel like i could tell every parent that is out there right now that has a little kid that is just like a baby toddler whatever there's only one piece of advice i could give would be to tell that parent that no matter what they do find a sport for that kid Oh, 100%. Something. Yeah. I don't care really. And in particular, actually, not just anything, but a team sport mm-hmm. for me personally. I and agree. The, so I'm not not to say that kids that don't do sports don't grow up well. Um, my my wife never once did sports. I mean, she's only half crazy, so <laughs> things worked out just fine for her. But I feel like sports add such a different like element of understanding of other people. I think it helps with empathy. It helps with teamwork with leadership with understand helps with everything i agree and 
I always am so sad when I hear that um, kids aren't trying to go into sports because they're intimidated, they're afraid, or maybe something like what you're talking about, not having the resources to um, to be in that team that they want to be in. Right. I, I mean, I, I'm assuming, I never got to play soccer, but I'm assuming all of the soccer gear is not cheap. Like the shoe No, guards, you have to buy the, the whole shorts, kit. The shorts, yeah. the whole kit, the shoes, the cleats, and probably like two pairs of cleats because the one pair will wear out like pretty quickly. You're running as much as you do. Um, same thing for sports like football. You know, there are some schools that I've heard of mm-hmm. that actually charge the parents for the equipment that don't have like oh, all wow. of the equipment and they have to like buy the shoulder pads and they have to buy like different yeah. pieces of equipment. I'm sure I'm, like, that's God not cheap. Bless. That must be <laughs> freaking super expensive. Um, but yeah, sports for me, I feel like are, are probably one of the more important things that we'll get to experience as young kids. Yeah, I agree. And that's something that like growing up, it was like such a huge, it's always, I mean, I still play. It's been such a huge part of my life forever. And it was like, you know, people forever telling me, oh, you're not going to be able to make money off that. You can't, you know, mm-hmm. you have to find something else. Yeah. And so I, you know, I, both of my kids as far, are as far as like working athletes. in sports. Yeah, yeah. Working in sports, working in fitness. And so of course that was like, oh really? Challenge mm-hmm. accepted. Yeah. <laughs> Part of my brain. Oh, really? <laughs> Let me show you. Mm-hmm. But I mean, it's always been like, I don't coach to make, I don't coach for money. Right. I coach because I love it. Mm-hmm. I love, you know, helping girls especially find their power i've coached boys before Mm -hmm. i've coached soccer i've coached basketball i've coached a bunch of sports but volleyball has been the one that's been like my passion and has stuck with me for ever (laughs) yeah Um, i can totally relate i mean not with volleyball but yeah with coaching in general yeah i mean super powerful feeling and um there's a lot of joy to be found in, in helping people find their way and and just helping them develop and, and grow stronger and not stronger physically, but growing stronger as human beings. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the things that I actually this past season, I ended up, it's a, I joined a new club mm-hmm. and it's a bunch of people that we all used to coach together at an old club that folded. Mm-hmm. Um, they, it just kind of fizzled out cause it had been going for like 12 years and the director was like ready to retire. Um, and so I kind of had to, take what they had available versus having my choice, which is what I was used to. Right. Um, so I get what I want. I, exactly. So they knew better than to put me with the younger kids. Cause I'm, I'm old school. I'm really intense. Mm-hmm. I'm a super passionate coach. I'm a passionate person anyway, but, uh, I've been known to throw a clipboard or two, Yeah. <laughs> but it's all for the love of, you mm-hmm. know, the team and all of that. Like I'll love on those girls. It's real funny because I feel like people, they, people need that so much. They need they to know that it's okay to be pushed and it's okay to be challenged. And, uh, one of the more famous sayings that I remember coaching a buddy of mine used to say, used to say that. You know, not to listen to how I'm saying things, but just listen to what I'm saying to you. Like, exactly. try to understand that the the fact that I'm yelling at, at you is, yes, there's urgency here, but try to focus on what I'm instructing you to do, you know, and do that. And a lot of times um, I find that people uh, grow up without that and then they get into you know, really heated situations. And it might not be in sports. It might be in an office environment. That's true. And it might be in any environment in life. And they don't know how to deal with anyone, like, challenging them like that. They have never heard anybody raise their voice. They have never heard anybody challenge them to do do better. Yeah, that's true. And so they freak out about it. They're like, 
I don't know why you're yelling at me. Or, like, totally freeze and then just, like... like yeah. <laughs> Shell shock. Yeah. 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 And they don't go through that. And, um, and, and yeah, so I totally... I totally understand where you're coming from. Yeah. And last season it was like uh we they needed a a coach for the second 15s team. And 15-year-olds, at least girls, based on my own experience as being a 15-year-old girl at one point, I was a giant pain in the mm-hmm. butt. I came into I high that. school knowing I know. <laughs> um came into high school feeling like, "Oh, I should be a starter on every single thing I try." Yeah. This is like very, I mean, the self-confidence was great, but it was like a little bit unrealistic. Powerful and, self-confidence yeah. from Kimberly <laughs> And there's so many hormones going on and mm-hmm. like so many changes as a freshman in high school and like learning how to adjust to kids that are older and like different schedule and all that. So that's 100% the most challenging age I've ever coached. And it's not the fir- that was not the first year mm-hmm. I've ever coached 15-year-olds, but last year ended up being a lot more mental coaching than anything they all knew where their position was supposed to be and it was like because they're used to you or because they they're just a different no this was my very first time with this group and it was they were a little bit there was a little bit of shell shock Mm -hmm. with the intensity level um my my co-coach actually used to be my um director and he's super old school and super intense also um and so we are good about like playing good cop bad cop not at the same time um but it was like hey we're only pushing you this hard i'm only pushing you this hard because i know what you can do i know what you're capable of even Mm -hmm. if you don't see it in yourself yet that i mean and that right there what you just mentioned i think is probably like at the core of coaching and sports is trying to uh, pull something out of the person that they don't yet know exists exactly and i used to tell um uh, my athletes that it's kind of like I have this vision in my mind where there is a person inside of them where they're literally going to grab like a zipper from the top of their forehead and pull it down. And they're going to like step out of the shell. Yeah. yeah. And they're going to come out something completely different. I know that it's in there. I yeah. know that it's in there. You don't even know that it's in there. And it's my challenge as a coach um, to try to figure out how to get that out of you. Exactly. And that's, that's what I always love because you'd see such enormous transformation. And especially at that age, you'd see such huge uh, transformation. Huge. And even with that team last year, it was, um, they had very much a, you know, a couple of them were upset that they made the second team. They didn't oh, want to God. accept the position on the second team. And then they thought about it, changed their mind, came back, accepted. A bunch of little bruises. Yeah, like, second calm team. it down, you're hell? fine. We ended up having the best the best record mm-hmm. out of the entire club. Mm-hmm. Um, we placed in the top five in several national awesome. qualifiers. Like, they had no, they had, they were just so, after the season, we're like, wow, we did that. Like, yeah, you did that. Now, how do you, like, <laughs> so you have the, the element of dealing with, the kids that you play but mm-hmm. how do you and do you have to deal with the parents as well or is there like an agreement that because they're in this special like group like this sort of you know quote unquote select group that the parents have to be pretty like off you know off to the side like don't I guess that what I'm trying to get at is I know that there are tons of helicopter like hover parents that you know <laughs> don't coach my kid like that or don't say this to them or don't raise your voice at them yeah um do you have to deal with that stuff too or yeah yeah, yeah. but it's it's really nice because that i've been fortunate to work under directors that have they get it and mm-hmm. 
especially, you know, with me, I'm very upfront with the parents at the, at the very, the parents and the kids at the very beginning of the season, like your girls are in high school. Mm -hmm. They are fully capable of speaking up for themselves. Cause like everything, I always relate it to, it's a life skill. Like you said, Mm -hmm. everything that they learn in team sports is, it turns into something bigger. Oh yeah. You know, you have to be able to, if you're not not happy with playing time that you're getting or maybe you're wondering if you can play try a different position don't send your mom to come talk to me you Mm -hmm. wouldn't send your mom to go talk to your boss yeah you come talk to me first Mm -hmm. we'll talk about it we'll set up an appointment if we need to after practice or before practice or whatever and then if you still have questions and you're still not happy with my answer then we'll get mom or dad or both involved what's so great about that is what you just said is that it teaches young kids so much about being accountable for themselves and being self-sufficient and without them realizing it they're they're beginning to learn to be adults exactly um because it's a skill that um sometimes gets missed or forgotten or misplaced or whatever you want to call it but you have um situations for when you for example go to college and your parents are no longer there for you right Mm -hmm. and you start having to realize how to do things on your own and maybe you don't get the financial aid package that you wanted or maybe you don't get the scholarship that you wanted or maybe you didn't get the class that you wanted Mm -hmm. um and as a young kid um you get this impulse to want to like call your parents because it's like hey like this didn't work out and before in high school and right. in middle school that I would call you and you would go to the office and you'd get it fixed for me but mm-hmm. now you're at the college level and it's like that shit doesn't happen anymore exactly so without that understanding that you know with through sports or through any other circumstance where you start realizing like okay I need to go do these things for myself yeah and I know how to do that I've done that before when I did this with coach or when I did this with with you know this sport or whatever the case is you have an opportunity to to grow without even really realizing that it's about training you for exactly the next step it's just to you it's just something that you're doing you know for sports yeah as a kid yeah but um incredibly valuable i think lessons for for kids to learn that eventually mama and dada won't be there for you exactly anymore and they'll be there in a different capacity a they'll different listen they'll but listen. they're not gonna swoop in and fix it for you yeah. most of the time most of the time <laughs> well and i mean I can't, that's the thing too is that i can't imagine i was just telling angelina the other day just jokingly i said i'm i'm already trying to like scheme a way to discourage my daughter from going to college just because i'm already terrified of the idea of losing her and having her leave the house you got a like, long time now to worry long, about that. I got a but, long way yeah. to go, but it's so funny the way the mind works is that I'm literally thinking like, how could I convince her that <laughs> staying at home and not going to college is a good idea? Because that's so good for her Because yeah, that's so good for her future. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know what's really interesting, though? I mean, I it's crazy because like if you think about it like that yeah mm-hmm. but as you as she grows up and things evolve like you'll you'll that feeling will start to fade a little bit because yeah. you'll start getting confident but i'm also like kind of hardcore with a lot of things like mm-hmm. i i started putting this with my two boys mm-hmm. like putting those values in really early and my it drove my mom nuts because mm-hmm. she was a very you know, independent, you know, you need to learn how to do these things very similar to how I am now. I'm probably a little bit more hardcore than she was. Um, like you need to learn how to do laundry at an early age and take care of your chores and be accountable and all that kind of good Mm -hmm. stuff. Um, but then when I, I started having 
my kid do his own laundry when he was seven. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> she was like, um... Was he knitting, knitting sweaters dream. and stuff <laughs> like that like, for the family? He too. made all his own clothes and made all the food for everyone. No. I made him make his shoes out of twigs. <laughs> it was like naked and afraid. Yeah. <laughs> but, um... I'd make him walk barefoot so his feet would callous. <laughs> exactly. You, you, never know when you, you, you never know when you don't have shoes, you'll be ready. <laughs> but you know what? That when... when he, we dropped him off at college last year because he's, oh you know, it's it, it felt like it it was like a took a long time, but then it also felt like it went by in a snap. Like his what whole high by? school career, oh, his whole and high like school. Oh my just gosh. getting into college and going through the whole recruiting process and all of that. But um, when we when we moved him into that dorm in San Antonio and and left him there. He his bigger concern was that his roommate didn't know how to do laundry. He didn't know how to cook. He didn't know how to do anything. So he oh was like, God. he helped Jesus. him with all of that because he's a, a nice guy. But, um, you know, things like that. I was like, I don't have to worry about that. I know this. He's known how to do laundry for a long time. <laughs> I remember when I first um, went to college my freshman year. And I'll, God, I, you know, my mom might be listening to this right now um, or, you know, when I post it. But I remember there were so many things I resented my mother for. Like, I was like, it would, oh God, just the amount of, like, clean your room, pick up your clothes, do your laundry, do this. Like, I would just, like, <laughs> as a young man, you like, know, you're why? just like, shut the <laughs> F up, lady. Why are you doing this to me? <laughs> and then I left the house, and I got to college, and I, you know, had a bunch of friends and all of that stuff. Well, you know, I had a couple of friends. I wasn't really that popular. <laughs> but I had friends and the roommates and stuff like that, and I would just notice how dirty they were. Yeah, and that's and, like, one thing he noticed, too. how <laughs> gross they were, and, like, how long it would take them to wash their clothes or, like, brush their teeth or, like, mm-hmm. fold things. And, like, it was just gross. And I would I remember thinking to myself... Dude, thank God my mom taught me about all of this stuff because some of these people are straight up disgusting. Yep, like, that's true. Pretty nasty. That's true. Um, <laughs> oh my God, I don't even want to get into the stories because some of them are are so uh, clear that I know my friends will know exactly who I'm talking about. <laughs> so I'm just gonna keep it to myself. But some of those fools were straight nasty, mm-hmm. just nasty, nasty. One, yeah, he's told me stories and he's like, Mom, I don't get it. They don't know how to do anything. And I'm like, I. Good job. I'm glad that you're, you know, you retain the stuff that we we worked on. Um, but, yeah, I mean, like, little things that you don't even really think about. But, like, being a mom, being a parent is it's definitely not something that you get thanked for a lot or mm-hmm. feel that, you know, immediate, like, instant yeah. gratification. But stuff like that, go your mom mm-hmm. because, you know, you were super oh, annoyed man, with no. her. But... It uh, made a difference. I so told, she was yeah. planting those seeds early, just like I'm trying to plant those seeds earlier with both of my boys. Mm-hmm. Um, little one just started middle school, and he does his laundry too. And, the, and you know what? <laughs> you know what the crazy part about and what I learned from um, my mother, as far as um, you know, being a good parent and all that stuff, is that there's a very fine line that sometimes I think people our, our parents cross, and my mom never did. My mom always tells me that for her. It's not important, and it was never important for her to be my best friend. It was important for her right. to be a mother. Yeah. And that meant that there were a lot of things that I wasn't going to like about her. Yeah. But that she knew why she was doing them. And I, I'm so thankful because um, I know other people take different approaches. That a lot of people care a lot about being their their 
their kid's best friend and it's a difficult line to walk because you mm-hmm. obviously want to be friendly with your child and you want to have fun and you want to laugh and you want to you want to do fun stuff with them but at the core i mean your your number one priority i would imagine as a parent i would say is for me at least is is to be a parent first and yeah, to raise a and good to human and to yeah. raise a good human um man, and she was hardcore she was hardcore you know raising us and i always joke around to her and I tell her that I learned ironically in my and in, in my opinion I feel like I learned about hard work determination um, drive I learned all of those things uh, from my mother mm-hmm. and empathy and like love and understanding I learned from my father which That's is really bizarre to me my dad was like the nicest kindest human being on the planet and my mom was very kind and nice, but she was very tough. My mom was tough. Mm-hmm. Um, and I learned all of that stuff from her. It's just weird that it happened. Yeah. I mean, it's what just, what it most people would think too. is opposite. You yeah. Know, traditionally, p- most people would think those would be opposite things. But, but That makes sense, though. Mm-hmm. Knowing, like, just knowing how you are, that makes sense. Yeah, she's, uh, she's a great one. And she's moved in now. She lives with... Us at Casa Juarez, and Ceci gets to grow up with her grandma, so that's really cool. That's enjoyable. I guess I have 16 years to go (laughs) before I have to worry about about manipulating (laughs) my child into staying at home, you know? Or just talking into transferring, you know, like mine did. Mm -hmm. He's at St. Ed's. He's going to be playing baseball now at St. Ed's instead of UIW. Oh, cool. So he's living at home for the first semester so that he can find a good situation. He's, I think he's, like, happy, but also, like, he Mm -hmm. was... He played baseball in like a little collegiate Texas collegiate league over the summer mm-hmm. in Baton Rouge all summer. Oh wow! And they were driving all over like Texarkana, College mm-hmm. Station. They were he got to experience that minor league life yeah. of being on a bus for five or six hours and all of that good stuff, um, having barely any money to like you know have food and, and all, all and that kind of stuff it's gonna be so good for him yeah like, i mean it's great it's for him be so good for him he understanding was so the homesick yeah so it kind of worked out to where okay you're home for a minute you get a little reset you're not gonna stay here mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> i love you and i love having you here but this is best for both of us get if you us out. yep get an apartment find a roommate but we didn't want him to like jump straight into like you know, not knowing anyone that yeah. he's going to be living with, because he had such a great roommate situation at UIW, mm-hmm. um, and they're like brothers now. I mean, that's a bond forever. That's they tough. even have a playlist that's titled whatever their dorm room number was. <laughs> they call each other like. They made themselves other, right? a digital so a digital. Uh, what do they call the mixtape? <laughs> they did. Hey, bro. They did. They're Missy like bro. three seventeen for life or whatever it was. <laughs> it's cool though, and so. His roommate. Some um, of the college buddies I had freshman year. I mean, they're uh, still some of the closest. Stuck with them, right? Yeah. yeah. For life. Yep. I was just with one of them, uh, two of them, uh, this past weekend in Dallas. So yeah, man, those bonds are very, very important. And you um, pushing the envelope for him to not live at home, I think, is so important. We all approach this differently, and of course, being hypocritical because I'm here talking about wanting to keep my sister at home, and I know that Your it's sister. just, it com- I mean, my sister, my daughter, um, at home, Yeah. and it comes from, you know, that parent's kind of worry, like letting your little girl go, but I know that it's it's such a critical time for them to learn right. how to be on their own, and how to do things on their own, and 
And um, so that's going to be such a great experience for him is just being away from the house and making friendships, making those bonds that he's going to remember forever and, and really just kind of embracing how difficult life can be, you know, how tough right. situations are going to be. There's going to be some situations that are going to be really, really tough for him, you know, being out on his own, but they are going to make him a stronger, you know, more resilient individual like yeah, in the future. Yeah, for sure. So, I mean, God, I can't remember how many ridiculous things I went through in living by myself, um, you know, throughout <laughs> college. I moved, I yeah. think, from 2001 until 2014. Mm-hmm. Um, that was before I bought my house. That was when I bought my house in 2014. I moved every year. Ugh. Every single no, year. No, thank you. From 2001 to 2014. I'm not, I don't love moving. This that sucks. <laughs> you know what? It became so normal that it was just kind of like, a, it was like, oh, it's time to move again yeah. and we're going to do it again. Well, that many times. But yeah. now that I, you know, I, I haven't, I mean, obviously I just moved, we bought a house recently, but for about five years I was in the condo that I had before yeah. and I remember telling Angelina just like, God, moving sucks. Like, <laughs> it's so nice to just be in the same place. Yeah, just plant your roots. And just plant your roots and stay. Um, so anyway, about the St. Edwards thing. So he's not. So now he's come back from IW's at UIW. San Antonio. UIW, San Antonio, San Antonio. Yeah. So he went from a Division One, mm-hmm. and you know, having a really he got a really generous scholarship. Mm-hmm. But there were a ton of pitchers there. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. And he's a pitcher, so. It ended up working out a lot better for him Mm -hmm. to transfer to St. Ed's. They they were interested in him back when he was in high school. When they were Um, originally before he made his choice to go to Yeah, before he committed to go to UIW. And so um, he he was kind of like... I was like, see, I mean, you knew you could do it. You Mm -hmm. got recruited by multiple Division I schools. Um, You had your time there. You learned a ton. Now you're... he He just felt like this really great bond mm-hmm. with the coaches at St. Ed's that he couldn't ignore. I'm like, don't ignore that. That's yeah. special. If you have, if you click with the coaches and you respect them and you feel respected, like on a super, I, I don't know, he's, he felt that way at UIW also, but it was just a different type mm-hmm. of connection at St. Ed's. He's really excited about it. So it was like, go, it's okay. It's division two. Yeah. It's okay. You're yeah. still playing in college. You still have a scholarship. You're still getting that education, which is the most important part. Because he would like yeah. to get drafted one day, and he's he has had some scouts look at him. Um, he they put a bunch of muscle on that mm-hmm. kid. He's like just under six five, and he's two twenty five. Yeah, and uh, he's his fastball is at like ninety five miles an yeah. hour now. That's so awesome. I'm like, okay. You know what's so <laughs> funny too about that that situation is that a lot of times we as you know as an athlete um, you get fooled into thinking that all of these like divisions like really really matter yeah i can't tell you and i can't imagine what the statistics are um but there are an absorbent amount of athletes that went division one that turned into nothing mm-hmm. and then there are lots of division two and division three players that are like some of the greatest players of all time That's players true. in the nfl players in baseball it really matters not uh, in my opinion, what division you're in, it's what you make of the opportunities that you get yeah. and, and just proving yourself. If, if he dedicates himself to that craft, it's it's going to work out for him. You right. know, hopefully his health will be with him and he can take advantage of the opportunities that he gets. But it is a tough, tough, tough position to play. Mm-hmm. Baseball, um, being a pitcher, 
there's only one of you out there. Right. And uh, of the nine positions that are out there, you know, you're the only one that can do that one job. And yep. you have a couple of pitchers per team for sure. But it's a lot like, in my opinion, kind of like being a quarterback at the college level. Mm-hmm. Even like Division One quarterbacks that get recruited to go and play like at Texas or Ohio State or wherever, wh- whatever Division One school it is. They're the you have one position available on this twenty two man roster. Yep. And if you don't get that one position, it's not like they can just be like, Hey, well you're just gonna play this other spot. Yeah. It's like, just be an outfielder. You'll just now. Be, yeah. <laughs> and so pitchers a lot the same way. It's like mm-hmm. you're a pitcher. Like that's yeah. what you do. And so the it's a tough it's a tough, tough um, I think world to live in in that sport because that's the one position that you can't play on that team. Yeah. And you have to really, really hone your skills and be really really good at what you do so you know and you have to be really mentally tough to play that position it's like quarterback like being a setter on the volleyball team you're the you're a leader whether you want to be or not yeah just in that position the the toughness to like have to deal with like the moments where you might get frazzled where maybe the bases are loaded or Mm -hmm. you've got a situation where you know you're being called in to close out a game and the pressure's all on you and it's one one oh and you know you you can't allow a single run yep that's awesome i mean that's awesome for a young man to go through that kind of pressure cooker and learn Mm -hmm. those those um those lessons and the best part about it honestly is that um it sounds terrible to say is i'm excited for him to experience um the bad like oh i totally losses. agree yeah that's how you grow yeah that's how it's totally like how those you grow. failures like those amounts of times where like the team was counting on you and you yeah. fucked up yeah you, know, you messed it up it happens it sucks in that microcosm of the sport but in the grand scheme of life those are the best like those are the that's where like, yeah how are you going to come back from that yeah and I mean, they do, in the majors they run into that. I mean, they make like knucklehead plays mm-hmm. every once in a while. Some people more than others, and then it's just like, okay, well they're professional and they make a ton of money to do this, and they still mess up. That's a good reminder that we're all human, and you can't beat yourself up for it. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you're you're not going to keep growing in that position. <laughs> How do you feel like when you look back at where he was as a freshman in high school? Like, his maturity and how he's grown as a oh, young man huge. to where he is now. Huge. And it's Do you ever it's take been, time to think about that? Like, every once in a while. And it's been, it's been, I think I have a little bit of a unique perspective because I'm an athlete. Mm-hmm. I'm also a coach. And then also, you know, going through that recruiting process with him. But also, like, I don't you dare walk over by that dugout and try to talk to your kid. Like, mm-hmm. you, people need to learn. Mm-hmm. You, the your kid is in the yeah. coach's hands right. and so um that's why the coaches are there <laughs> yeah and i cannot tell you how many times like i've had to kind of just, like check yourself homer simpson disappear into the bushes <laughs> backwards <laughs> as a sports parent because oh. other people don't understand that and just they like, want to like <laughs> <laughs> they want to like mow down the obstacles for their kids and mm-hmm. so thinking about that like I know that he probably felt probably similar to, or he probably still does sometimes, similar to what you were saying, how you felt with your mom. Like, oh, why? Mm -hmm. But then thankful later. Yeah, it's going to be, I mean, he's not, uh, and that's okay. I mean, he's not going to understand fully until he's 30. Oh, yeah. You know, he's going to be able to have an opportunity to look back. It's all happening real time for him. Right. So he doesn't understand yet we can't possibly understand how these things that are happening now are impacting us 10 years from now. Right. It's kind of like, um, um, 
you know what and you ever do stuff where you're like um you realize that the past you did something that the future you is thankful for oh yeah that you're like oh thank god i did that you know (laughs) i didn't i I didn't didn't realize it then (laughs) and it's kind of like that and but but as a parent you're doing it for them right it's like let me do this to you you're gonna hate me right now but 10 years from now you're gonna look back and be like oh thank god well, and he also gets the extra layer of, like, I, I remember very clearly, especially when he was a freshman in high school, because he was going through, like, we were really working on his mental toughness, because mm-hmm. that's a hard year for anybody, um, but especially in a position like that, and I just remember him, like, I would let him have a cooling off period after his game or a tournament or whatever, and be like, okay, now let's talk about this, you know, talk about where your head was when you were doing this this and this and so he'd get an extra layer of coaching from me but on the mental aspect right and like mom nobody else's mom talks about this and Mm -hmm. like well nobody Nobody else's mom mom has the same perspective as me plus we you know we also have a unique situation where i was pretty young when i had him Mm -hmm. um he was the like the best surprise ever unexpected surprise but um you know, we kind of have a little bit of a different relationship than a lot of mom and son. And I think that probably made me go a little bit more hardcore Mm -hmm. with how I, you know, structured his chores and everything else, Mm -hmm. because that was another, I'll prove you wrong moment Mm -hmm. of my life where people were like, Oh, young mom, stereotype, whatever. Like, Nope. And it must also be, <laughs> it, it must also be one of those things that, you know, as a, as a, as a young man, you have like this bravado, this macho, like, you know, I'm a man sort of thing. I don't realize that I'm like a shadow of a man, but I feel yeah. like I'm a man. Yeah. And so to have your mom talking to you during sports, you know, and like it's for him, it must be like, like nobody else is doing this. Why are you doing this? But they, he doesn't understand yet that you have a very unique perspective in right. that you have experience in sports. You were raised in them. You get like the dynamic of what's happening and how he can focus and how he can, how he can get better. My mom didn't know that. She would have no idea what to tell me about. Neither did mine. Yeah, exactly, about the sport that I was playing. Um, and not only that, both of my parents didn't because when I came, when I played sports here in the U.S., the sport that we know as a family is soccer, mm-hmm. but there was no soccer at my school. There was just football. And yeah. so they would go to my games to support me, but they didn't know what the hell was going on. And so there was really not an opportunity for for them to like be like, hey, man, good job. Like, I like how you did that there next time. You know, yeah. there was none of that. So I was I was really honestly just kind of like on my own. Yeah. And um, and it's different. It's different to not really have the opportunity to come back and talk to somebody about what happened. It's just really you just have your friends to talk to about it. But sometimes I w- they're I would not love the best. To. Yeah, and they're not. They're <laughs> well, not sometimes. Usually, they're not the best <laughs> to do to do that. And I yeah. wish you know, I wish I would have had that. I wish not with football because I don't blame my parents for not knowing football. Obviously, they brought us to this country to to accomplish really great things and they just they didn't they weren't familiar with the sport i just wish that my school would have had something like soccer where we could have yeah. connected you know yeah. and, and done something like that that would have been awesome but yeah that's didn't. true well and he he also hasn't had the i mean i guess other parents usually don't you know listen and say well you know i agree i would have pulled you too mm-hmm. those are the kind of like yeah. very honest conversations that we've had and mm-hmm. i really think that that's contributed a lot to his mental toughness you know growing so much to where he can you know he was doing he he struggled a little bit at the beginning of his summer ball season but it was like 
a brand new team, a brand new field, a brand new everything. And he's in Baton Rouge and all that. Um, but once he got settled in, they were like, oh, that's how you play. Okay. Mm-hmm. But it takes a lot of mental toughness to jump in, meet a whole new team of people in a different state, and then travel all over the place with them to, you know, play an entire summer. Yeah. Well, I think you just said it right now. The, the biggest, it's not just in general, like mental toughness can be described in so many different ways. But what you mentioned right now, you were talking about how, hey, I would have pulled you too. Mm-hmm. It's a completely different thing for you to get pulled by the coach, right? Because in baseball, I find like when you get pulled, it's not some coaches the best coaches will go up to the mound they'll talk to you they'll kind of get an idea of where your mind is at and then they'll make a decision about whether they're going to pull you sometimes it's like okay you're getting pulled like i'm walking up to you and i've already (laughs) made my decision right and as a player sometimes you want to have some sort of explanation or rational idea for why you're not seeing yourself perform you're just performing and you don't understand everything that's happening around you the way that a coach or like in your case you are watching the game Mm -hmm. and so in terms of mental toughness I think one of the things that you learn uh, being in that position where a parent can look you in the face and say (laughs) I would have pulled you too is introspection like having having the ability to look inwardly at one at yourself and say and be honest with yourself and say yeah man I mean I kind of sucked like yeah I'm, hold yourself I accountable it yeah it's not just this emotional like this is bullshit you pulled me off right. the mound and i was gonna have it you know whatever it's shit my mom said she would have pulled me too my own yeah. freaking mother said <laughs> right. she would pull me too i wish i would have had that when i was right. his age like you know? wh- okay so my mother my own mother would have pulled me too what was going on <laughs> okay i get it what exactly i see that I like i see that now yeah but then in the moments when you're not there mm-hmm. right having the ability now to say I got pulled and walk off that mound and to start ask your, asking your own self, okay, what was really going on? Did, you know, right. you know, yeah, they're right. I mean, I, I was sucking. Like I got pulled off for a reason and I need to be better next time. But to be able to have that opportunity to really look inwardly and, and have that realization is such a valuable lesson that a lot of, a lot of times you don't get because yeah. you just get so emotional. You have this stranger that is your coach, but he's not family, you know, right. and you, it doesn't, feel the same like this coach is pulling me off is different than my own mother would have <laughs> thrown my ass out of here right and it's really hard especially for young athletes to separate you know and even like in fitness classes honestly like especially you know even some adults that maybe hadn't been athletes as a kid and they want to come try kickboxing or boot camp or whatever like it's not personal i'm just trying to make you better yeah. i'm trying to pull that you know those higher expectations pull your higher your expectations higher of yourself mm-hmm. um so that you can keep pushing harder like and you can surprise yourself in a good way um and so separating that you know like oh the coach doesn't hate me they just have this higher it's expectation about performance. <laughs> it's about performance right. and making you the best version of yourself that you could possibly exactly. be exactly and your feelings are not a part of that equation often yeah you know um, and that's another thing that translates to life, mm-hmm. especially when you start working with a team. Like, you're going to have to have hard conversations with yeah. people. You're going to have to have hard conversations with coworkers, with bosses, all kinds of stuff. And if you take it, if you take every single thing personally, it's probably you'll not never get there. Work. You'll never, yeah. yeah, you'll never be, you'll never be able to, to function uh, properly. There 
are so many different types of perspectives and feelings in office environments and it doesn't even have to be something that you go off and do and, and have it be sports it can be you know anything really and mm -hmm. if you don't know how to talk to people how to lead them how to communicate with them and you're not used to being in an environment where people lose their tempers or are challenging you you right. have no idea like how to operate in those environments because you've never allowed yourself to go there and um, and you get so much of that you know through sports it's crazy because of the timing of this conversation we didn't know what the hell we were going to talk about <laughs> true but i was thinking about it right now there are tons of parents right now that are just beginning the season mm -hmm. for child sports for you know um high school sports middle school sports true and they're trying to make a decision about whether or not they should let them i have you know one of my um wife's nephews is starting uh, football mm -hmm. and I'm so freaking excited for him because um, I know that this is something that they were really like considering allowing him to do mm -hmm. because it's football and it's scary and yeah. it's dangerous I played football my whole life and thankfully you know I I think I'm healthy I think I'm okay I don't know that I have any <laughs> traumatic brain injuries yeah. I, I guess I technically could that I don't know about. And so there is a sense of fear in the idea of me potentially having a son down the road that plays football. Right. But I I also know just how valuable the experiences that I went through in that sport that allowed me to be who I am right. now. Um, the teamwork, the grit, the grind, the determination, the hard work. I feel like everything that I am now as a man and as a business person, mm -hmm. I would say that like 90% of it comes from that experience and rem rem remembering how difficult some of those workouts were and how grueling yeah. and awful and disgusting they seemed at the time. Um, but then being in situations here, like in, in mortgage, which sounds so crazy to have been a football player that ended up doing mortgage, but there are situations where you just like a deal's not gonna happen or something is super difficult. And I can go back to that place where I remember that it doesn't matter what the grind is. Like, mm -hmm. we're going to get the job done. Yeah. And you find that within yourself we'll and you go and freaking and, do it. That right. came from that experience. Oh, yeah. It 100%. came from that. Um, and I hope that as parents, if you're worried about your kids going into sports, obviously evaluate the dangers and the, all of the legitimate concerns that you have are real. Evaluate all of those. But don't be fearful either of, of exploring what sports can do for your children I, I i just feel like yeah. it's such a big part of growing up it was for me oh me too i don't know who i would be without sports i mean it's just like me it's mm -hmm. ingrained in me but even if even if kids aren't like aren't to the point where they're actually making teams at school if they're you know their athletic ability isn't quite there i would still encourage parents to Yes, it's a little bit of an investment, but even if you put them into like a recreational mm -hmm. league yeah, for the socialization totally. and the team, the team part of it mm -hmm. is huge. Even right. if it's just recreational, I like totally a rec center, agree. Yeah. I mean, that doesn't mean that, oh, they didn't make the school team, so they're done forever. Mm -hmm. No, I mean, there's plenty of adults that play rec softball, kickball. I mean, it's for the social aspect, but it's for being part of a team and feeling like you're contributing and making a difference and adding value and helping and adding value yeah, yeah for sure yeah. yeah and so i think it's i mean i think it's great all the way around and i actually have a really good friend who is 
Um, she's an athlete now, but she didn't grow up as an athlete. So she has a really unique perspective. She's a fighter now. Um, she's a Muay Thai fighter. Holy and shit. She's only been into it for a couple of years. Mm-hmm. Um, and so she didn't, she was, we've talked about it several times. She didn't quite understand, like, you know, she didn't quite get it, I guess. Like with her friends that grew up as athletes, she grew up, you know, in theater. Mm. And um, she went to school for theater um, and became a fitness instructor and also is a, a Muay Thai fighter. Mm-hmm. Um, so she's like, oh, and can I also get it. kill you. <laughs> yeah. And she's like five feet tall. Yeah. <laughs> so um, it's really interesting. My leg. <laughs> right. Yeah, probably. <laughs> she's pretty I've sassy seen, dude, i've seen these crazy videos of uh these muay thai fighters that uh they'll put straight i mean their shins are so conditioned and they have beaten them to hell so much that mm-hmm. they're like basically rods of steel oh yeah their shins and this guy puts uh and it's like this whole team and they're like basically all like taking turns mm-hmm. and they'll each put like a it looks like a baseball bat against like they'll put it up against something so that it holds Mm -hmm. and they'll just wind up and like shin karate freaking kick (laughs) that bat and one of the dudes broke it like broke the bat I believe it in half I believe it and then you have like different members of the teams and I'm just like oh my god I've like joked around playing soccer with people before mm-hmm. like you know somebody brings out a soccer ball you're joking around like dribbling it around and then we actually a- accidentally like crash into each other <laughs> yeah and the shins just like graze like ah! and you might you might as well like put yeah. me out just like take yeah. me down and kill me because that pain is so freaking massively awful painful and watching them break this bat with their shin yeah and I they'll was, practice on trees yeah. and stuff like it's yeah, it's intense. Yeah, you're right, because in another one of the videos I saw, they were kicking a banana tree. Yep. And people think, well, banana trees are soft, but try kicking a banana tree and see how yeah. that goes. And <laughs> they were kicking it for so long that they broke it down. Like, mm-hmm. it, like, fell over from the uh, impact. And, oh, my God, that's just, that's crazy. She must be a little badass. She, yeah, she is. <laughs> Sorry, she I cut is. you off because I was just thinking about that shin oh, breaking okay. that baseball bat. Yeah. Well, I mean, I have people that come in and, like, my kickboxing classes are for all levels, and we're getting ready to introduce, like, an advanced class and a beginner class and keep the all-level class. But, Mm -hmm. like, this morning, my class, there were all people that come and take class with me all the time. So I threw a bunch of of more advanced stuff at Mm -hmm. them because I knew that they could take it. Um, But when people come in for the first time there and that's one thing that I really also enjoy is introducing people to Mm -hmm. something like that that like they think is like you know super violent and Mm -hmm. I don't why do I need to learn how to do this but it's a really great full body workout but at the same time the conditioning of the shins comes into play too because we've got all we've got a really nice mat floor so you're either Mm -hmm. barefoot or in socks at the studio where I work um but the bags are pretty new Mm -hmm. so if you're not used to kicking it's you know it's definitely a a little bit of a transition period and some people bruise and some people don't and but you definitely build up a tolerance Mm -hmm. to it the more you do it um and it's it's a really great stress reliever for oh my gosh really great i was going to mention that earlier (laughs) when we were talking when we first started talking about e is i did uh when i was training uh one of the trainers uh, was a like a boxing coach mm-hmm. so it's like hey man you want to hit the mitts like I'll show you how to do it and I was like yeah okay then, you know we'll do it mm-hmm. and we did a session just hitting the mitts 
And it was the most ridiculous workout I think I had ever gotten. I was dripping, dripping sweat. You have no idea how much you think it's just you throwing your arms, but you don't realize like how much you have to like flip your hips over and how much your core is needing to get active so that you can get the punch in the right place and the amount of like up and down movement and the head movement and you don't realize how much your body has to work right to do simple things like that because 90 percent of our lives we're sitting our asses in front of a computer screen and so then you get up and do something like that and it's just like holy shit like i can't believe how much work i just did moving around yeah it's a lot of that was just boxing i wasn't even kicking yeah well, in boxing, I mean, the movements are there. A lot of the punches are the punches are very similar, but mm-hmm. the stances are different. Yeah. And there is a lot more head movement with boxing, but yeah, very similar, like full body workout. Even and it's like a sneaky one that kind of is like, oh, I didn't think it was gonna be like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, because I I actually got certified to as a boxing fitness coach mm-hmm. through um, Box and Burn Academy, which is run by Tony Jeffries, who is an oh, Olympic okay. yeah. boxer for mm-hmm. um, England. He got mm-hmm. a bronze medal in the Olympics. And so um, it was really cool because they came to Austin and it was a very hands-on, um, I got to hold mitts for him. Oh, shit. And, yeah, and it was, like, very mental. Like, they're so, so, I mean, going back to the whole team aspect, like, all right, game face right yeah. now. Because he was walking, he had his gloves on, he's walking around like a shark looking for people to hold mitts for him. So I saw him coming, clapped the mitts together, held him yeah. up, I'm like, let's go. And inside I was like, what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> 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 he didn't knock me over, yeah. um, but he also wasn't holding back. Yeah. I mean, I had to call out what I wanted him to throw, hold the mitts up, mm-hmm. and but that was really, really cool. I heard, um, well, I, I loved that experience so much that I asked the guy to teach me how to do it. And I never got certified or anything like that, but I would do it with my clients. And they everyone loved it. I mean, in terms of stress release, mm-hmm. it's incredible. And you get a great workout out. And sometimes, you know, you have clients that come in and they're beat up. I mean, they've been working out three or four times a week. Yeah. And they're like, I don't know that I can do like that much more work where it's like heavy lifting you know you have a lot of clients sometimes that are are mixing up like really heavy olympic lifting with Mm -hmm. crossfit and then you know whatever else they're doing with their lives and they have all of these different things going on and sometimes they come in and they're like i want to get a really freaking solid workout but i don't think i can put weight on my back and do squats right now you know and do like 350 pound deadlifts or whatever the case is and we would do that with them and it was like perfect, you know, just like a hard, mm-hmm. hard ass grind workout. Um, and they were able to not beat themselves up too much. More, exactly. You know, kind of like yeah. flush things out. I, I love it. And uh, I miss it, to be honest with you. And I remember going with you that one class that I went to for that kickboxing class a long yeah. time ago <laughs> when we went um, as a group. And I remember thinking like how much fun that was. It was just really, really cool to like be in that environment and everybody. You're kind of with a bunch of people, but you're also very much like on, by, your, own on your own. Yeah. So it's kind of it's cool because you're getting motivated by how hard people are working, but you don't feel intimidated and in that like, am I doing this right? Yeah, like, and you're it not doesn't watch. Right. You know? Exactly. And that's what I always tell people like nobody's gonna be watching you. I promise. They're gonna be focusing on their bag and what they're doing. And it's very much like, you're right. I mean, it is a group class, but at the same time, like it's... You're in your own world, sort of. Yeah, 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 you are, which I really, I really like that aspect. And, you know, here's the workout. You can, you can choose how hard to push yourself or Mm -hmm. not. And so I really like that stress release aspect, especially 
Um, and so in my boot camp classes, I like I always joke with my clients because I always incorporate dead ball slams mm, or med ball slams, slams yeah. or we have a really nice reinforced wall mm-hmm. um, for wall ball stuff. Mm-hmm. And so there you always get to throw or slam something in my yeah. class every time because I'm like, that's important. You get the workout, mm-hmm. you know, but you also feel like you, you get a little bit of stress up. release. Yeah, mix things up, beat things up. It's good. It's yeah. Good we did so some somebody, random agility stuff today too. So if somebody, like let's say somebody hears kickboxing or boxing, right? Mm-hmm. They're intimidated almost from the start because they think to themselves like, right. oh, I don't know about that stuff. But you can go in there and not know a damn thing about it. Oh, right? yeah. You could just yeah. go in there and be like, let's give this a shot and see how it goes. Exactly. And not need to feel intimidated about the fact that you're not a right. black belt, you know, world class. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I'm not, you know, right. I'm still learning. I've been doing it for, I've been kickboxing for probably a little over two years. Um, so, I mean, I'm still pretty new to it. I... I took several random boxing classes when I was a kid and then I took some when I was a little bit older and then I kind of revisited it and then jumped right into this certification after I'd already been teaching kickboxing. Um, so it's, you know, I, I always tell people like we're, you know, it takes like at least three months for a fighter to master the roundhouse kicks. Mm -hmm. You need to get that out of your head that you have to be perfect because mm-hmm. I am guilty of that and I'm also guilty of being com- like competing everything's a competition yeah. so I you know constantly and there are stages to your development right. right give yourself credit mm-hmm. give you know your your jab and your cross look freaking amazing today mm-hmm. your knees were great mm-hmm. you know that kind of thing like give yourself credit for the little things that you did I remember right. <laughs> when we went um, I remember the instructor saying something I was some some kick and then be like, if you, you know, take it easy though, if you hit it just wrong, like it's, it, it can be, you know, it could be pretty painful. And if you're a beginner, do this and that. And then I remember thinking like, I can do that. <laughs> and then yeah. I remember throwing a kick and hitting it like just wrong. Where like, it was almost like my knee hit the bag oh, yeah. instead of my shin hitting the bag. And I was just like, oh no, that yeah. was, I feel like an idiot. Um, and so there's, I mean, there's stages to it. You know, you kind of For just sure. develop and over time you get better. Like anything else, you get better and better and it becomes more fun and more fun and more fun. Exactly. So, okay. So if anybody wanted to sign up, how would they find out more about you? How would they find out about E&E? How would they go about that? So eandefitness.com, mm-hmm. uh, my whole, I teach 12 to 14 classes a week. It depends okay. on, depends on the week. Mm-hmm. Um, so my schedule is on there. You can sort it by instructor. They can also visit my, I'm always constantly posting about the fitness stuff that I have going Mm -hmm. on on my Instagram mostly. I try to put it on Facebook too, but Mm -hmm. Instagram right now, I'm I'm working on a website. My Instagram is at Bruza2, it's B-R-U-Z-Z-A and the number two. Yeah. So it's the last part of my last name and my old jersey number. Uh, (laughs) So... um, you know, I have a, a huge class I'm teaching tonight. It's like this amazing opportunity. There's like so 300. Yeah, there's over 600 RSVPs. It's outside. It's at the fairground downtown off of Congress. And um, it's sponsored by, it's through E&E Fitness, but also Bumble is who's putting it on. So Wait, people have on. to show their Bumble app to get in. <laughs> hold on, hold on. But <laughs> one second. Are you pulling this up? <laughs> But yeah, it's okay. It's, so uh, wait, so you're telling me that you can do this with, so the it's a 300 person workout with Bumble. 
Yeah, Bumble is so Bumble is putting it on. Uh, there's a couple different sponsors like Ellis of Austin. Um, mm-hmm. Aaron Condren is the one who's I think producing it. I'm gonna have a DJ, DJ oh, Cassandra. Dang, She's like a fitness DJ, and I haven't worked with her before, so I'm really excited about that. Oh my God! Look at this. <laughs> this is on the website and everything. Yeah. So it's, dang, it's, it's, Rosa, you look tough. I'm. I try. I try. You are. But. Uh, it's um so yeah it's, it's kind of a big deal and so i'm i'm very guilty of being an overthinker and mm-hmm. so i've been trying not to overthink this i got the workout together i talked to the dj i got my two my two girls who are going to be assisting me and they're also trainers at Annie and they're ba- total badasses so one's a a crazy hype girl who's also a high school teacher which mm-hmm. is awesome um and then the other one is just a really really great instructor and so Hype girls doing the warm up. I'm doing the workout. <laughs> nice, great instructor. And I can't imagine that this is the one and only time that you'll do something like this. I'm sure at some point down the road there'll be other events and things like that that people can jump on and. Oh, totally. Yeah. So. Yeah, we're we're hoping that this is going to be just kind of the beginning of a good relationship with, you know, doing big outdoor workouts to kind of introduce people to okay here's the boot camp format or one of the boot camp formats that we use obviously i'm i don't have all the equipment to bring for that many people it's like probably two to three hundred people that you can fit Mm -hmm. um so it's all body weight and it's kind of just a taste of like Mm -hmm. you know our style and what we do there and in introduction to any fitness but also it's a good way for people to like kind of get out of their comfort zone and meet other people who are you know, mm-hmm. I have the Bumble app. I'm trying to meet some people. Yeah. I don't know. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I have some really fun stuff, you know, to like kind of get people together towards the end of the workout after they're already tired and stuff. And then they're doing like free drinks and appetizers and things after. So um, that's a big event. Yeah. And it just popped up like a couple of weeks ago. And I was like, yes, I will make it happen. Yes. And then I was like, I said yes to that. Is this my life right now? Is this, this really is happening? happening? <laughs> yeah. Is this really so happening? So I'm excited about it. So after 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 I leave here, I'm gonna go get ready and head over there super early so I can kind of plan get my everything roots ready. And, and yeah, that's awesome. Is like preparing and making sure that the experience is really exciting and fun for people that show up and yeah. getting there early is important. It's. I mean, I'm so glad you came. Uh, it's been a long time since we ha- got to hang out and chat. I know. Um, Thanks for having I'm, me. Honestly, like, I'm so happy for you. Like, I, I can see, like, the energy and the excitement in, in your posts and in everything that you're doing. Thanks. And I wish you the best. I hope that uh, people go and check you out. It's E&E Fitness. Um, and uh, actually, if you go on there, you can probably find, I think it goes, they go E&E Fitness and then Team. They can probably find yeah, you over there. Yeah, and yep, there's there a... You are little picture of me with my probably too long bio that i need to edit <laughs> there's zeke but, uh, but yeah, zeke. tell zeke, zeke i say hello i will i will thanks for coming by and uh that's the podcast fellas uh everybody have a great day ladies and gents um enjoy labor day god bless you all kisses bye <laughs>